Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Our midwife said, Miranda, if you're up for it, I really would recommend having it in the bum because it's just a lot less painful. Hello and welcome back to Test You Baby. Before we go any further, oh my goodness, we owe you guys an apology because we fucked up, didn't we, Tristan? Um, we missed an episode. We didn't miss it. We intentionally didn't do one. No, well, that's not quite what we put out to the public, is it? No, it's not. Sorry, oh, everyone. But yeah, I feel very sad about this and very guilty and like we've let you guys down. Basically, what happened was um, we went to, well, do you know what? We've got, I'm going to start with just admitting that we were our disorganized selves and we had a very busy weekend, uh, the weekend previous to when we were supposed to be doing this episode. We went to London. I mean, we had a great time. You went to, went to a show. Had got, the best time. Got to see Jersey Boys in the West End which was amazing my mum bought us the tickets which was so lovely of her so it was great but that filled our Saturday then our Sunday was filled with preparing for Squidge because podcast or no podcast we do have a baby coming at some point that is true there's a lot to do which we still have not yet done so we did that and we realised we'd run out of time to record the episode so we thought you know what say okay we'll record it on a Monday or a Tuesday instead we'll get it out on a Wednesday forgetting that Tristan is now full time employed um, and actually has a real job to do and so there was literally no time to record an episode and I mean like no time so I start work on a Monday at like 9am mm-hmm. and I finish at 2am on a Tuesday morning it's a so really, I work like yeah. tw- what is it 12 13 14 like 16 17 hours straight <laughs> um and then I wake up again at nine and then do a full day and by the time it's like Tuesday at 5pm when I finish I don't want to do a podcast recording I love you guys but he can barely Not string a much. sentence together. Like no, you, I can't, you, you I crash. Can't string a together. Yeah, you crash. You watch Bake Off. You go to bed, and that is it. And what a bloody Tuesday, though. I mean, it's great. It's great, but it literally is like when you do your kind of because you, you work on another podcast, don't you? And there's a really quick turnaround because it's very like time sensitive. So all the content comes out. The episode is recorded. Tristan has to edit it, put everything out on socials, all within 48 hours, and we just kind of forgot that this happened. So I was sort of like waiting for the time to record the podcast, and then. I went solo, which we know you guys would not want. There was, there literally was no time. Then my wonderful brother and his girlfriend came to visit, which was lovely. Again, we had a fantastic day, but that was it then. The, the Wednesday came, went, and we did not release the episode. So I am so, so sorry. I feel really bad that people might have looked for an episode and we were misleading. We said, we said on Test You Baby's Instagram that we were going to post on Wednesday and we didn't. Even my mum texted me like, oh, did I miss something? I didn't see the episode go up. 
We just failed, you guys. Sorry, guys. I'm so sorry. Hopefully we can make it up for you today. So if you're new to the podcast, thank you so much for joining. Uh, I promise that it's not always this much of a shambles. Uh, If you're an OG Test Tube Baby listener, then it's you guys specifically that I'm apologizing to because you're so loyal and lovely and we let you down. Oh, I feel so much guilt. Um, Anyway, look, if you are still inclined to, please do share us with your friends and your family. The link to the podcast, we're far and wide, wherever you can get it. The more people involved, the better. Um, And yeah, we we would just love to spread the word of Test Tube Baby. Now, my name is Miranda Burns, um, and over there, drinking out of a Miranda mug because I messed up the decaf and caffeinated coffee options this morning, it's Tristan Hall. I've realised that my desk is like a mug graveyard. It is, isn't it? <laughs> Do you want me to talk you through the mugs I've got on my desk right now? Yeah, go on. So I've got a... Uh, poured myself a cup of ambition Miranda mug. Yeah, I think my sister gave that to me. I've got a, oh, Dave mug from Gavin and Stacey that you made me. Mm-hmm. I've got a capital Brighton's number one hit music station <laughs> mug. And I've got a, a a mug with a quote from a programme called This Country on it, which says, ironically, the corner of the Muller corner hit me right in the corner of my cornea. And I was in the corner of the room and it <laughs> happened. I mean, spooky or what? And that is a quote from Kerry Mucklow from This Country. And that is the mug. Oh, and then I've got a mug with Maverick written on it. Which from, is my decaf coffee in it. Yeah, which is the one that I think your brother got me. Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. I mean, I will say that from that small collection that you've just described, we have a stellar collection. Quite an eclectic mix of mugs. Yeah, a lot of references to things. Tell you what, though, my I, I will never feel like I have properly like adulted in life mm. until I have a set of mugs. Oh, I know what you mean. You know, I'm mean? like a set. Yeah. Like you know when you get like a mug tower, but not like a tree, a tower in which there are like four mugs and mm. they all slot together nicely. Yeah. And they're the exact. And they're the sort of mugs you get out of people. So when you have guests round, yes. I, mean, I don't know what happens if you get more than four guests, but you know, <laughs> or like we right, we used to have. You know, you went to Mausel, right? In, yeah, yeah, in Cornwall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to have a a box in which there were maybe like ten mugs. Which individually in a set like told the story of the Mausel cat. No, and we had it, and we'd get it out on like Christmas, you know, Boxing Day or whatever, when we had all the family <sighs> around, and that's how we do our coffee in the cafeteria. I think I need to make a mental note to get that as a Christmas present for someone. Unfortunately, it can't be my mum because she listens religiously to the podcast, but potentially my dad. No, nah, we don't need more mugs. We have a lot no. of mugs. You're right though. It's like a transitional period in your life, isn't it? When you go from novelty mugs to a nice, neatly themed collection of mugs that you buy from John. Lewis, for example, or indeed Mausel, if you're being cultured. I mean, I think that it's nice to have the higgledy-piggledy fun ones, mm. but at the same time, I do feel a little bit odd handing our guests mugs that say, be a fucking nice human. It sounds, <laughs> it's quite passive-aggressive. <laughs> that's my mug. <laughs> just re- the thing is, it's bright orange, and so to just look at it, you're like, oh, that's a fun bright orange mug, and then you realise that in this really beautiful like calligraphy, you know, floaty... F- frilly handwriting it says fucking you're like what and then you look a little bit closer and you're like oh be a nice human i am a nice human what are you trying to say got that from asos i don't regret that mug i really like it anyway so wherever you are we hope you're having the best day thank you so much for listening and if you are new to our podcast family in test Two baby we chat through all things ivf and our current pregnancy which as it stands is at 30 weeks we did it we've the big three oh we've reached it and by the time that this episode is out because i promise we will get it out on time this week um we will be going to our consultant appointment uh a, a new consultant hopefully if you know all about the debacle that happened a few weeks ago where we got seen by the wrong person who wasn't very nice and um, hopefully our actual consultant will be seeing us on monday the day that this podcast lands and we're having another scan as well we're having a little kind of catch up with baby squidge and see how she's growing and stuff 
So we'll be able to fill you all in on that afterwards. Now, in True Tristan and Miranda style, there will be a whole lot of tangents, more than one euphemism, and inevitably we will expose and embarrass ourselves. We thought today... We could catch you up on everything that's happened over the last, well, week and a half where we weren't speaking to you. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Because um, quite a lot has actually happened in the pregnancy. We've had a midwife appointment. Um, my tummy got measured for the very first time. I've had an anti-D injection. And we had a 4D scan. So it's going to be quite a pregnancy-heavy episode. And if that is not for you, then that is so fine. You can listen to a previous episode or join us at the next one. Um, but we just felt like so much has happened in Little Squidge's world that uh, it would be unfair to not give you the opportunity to kind of hear everything. Shall we start with the 4D scan? Yeah, go on, that's fun. So we booked in with our friends at Hey Baby 4D in Southampton to go and have a 4D scan. When you say our friends, it sounds like they're sponsoring us. We did pay for this scan. Oh, we did We did pay for this one, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they are actually Thanks our friends. Thanks to our friends at Hey Baby. They are, we are now they friends actually, with them. That's why I use the term. Yeah, sorry. Uh, it was not a commercial thing or a plug or anything. We just like them there. Anyway, we went there for a 4D scan. And anyone who's had a 4D scan before, We'll know the process. Anyone who hasn't, I'm going to tell you what happens. Essentially, they scan you as normal and they have this weird little button they press where it then turns what is your 3D scan into like a 4D digital image. So Mm. you can see, I don't know why it's 4D actually. I'm going to say that now because three dimensions... It's very much like four dimensions. What's like, the fourth what? dimension they've got in there? That's a good point because it's still flat on a screen, isn't it? Well, even uh, 3D. Surely it's 2D. Surely it's 2D and 4D. Or is no, it 2D no, no, and no, 3D? No. Yeah, yeah. So what, what's oh. the 3D is when it's like, you. so right now I can see this mug in three dimensions because I can mm-hmm. see it in different ways. Four dimensions, is it making sound? What's going on? Uh, I thought that was five dimensions. You know when you go to a 5D cinema? What's the fourth dimension then? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> we had a 4D scan and we actually had two because at the first one, Squidge decided she was not going to behave. and She's like, no paps, no paps. No paps. And went to the extent of using her feet to stop us seeing oh. her face. We got a great shot of her tootsies. Like, her toes looked cute. really cute, but no. But it was almost like there was a second human in there with its feet over Squidge's face. No, that's just Squidge <laughs> curled up like a pretzel. <laughs> like, she was, honestly, if you imagine, you know, in, like a, a beetle is on its back on yeah, the floor yeah, yeah. and its legs light up in the air. Tristan's doing it right now. Yeah, yeah, you can't I realise you can't see that. But I'm, your I crotch. Have, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Say thank you. Most um, action I've seen for a while. <laughs> it actually is. Um... <laughs> And so she was just doing everything she could to stop us seeing her beautiful little face. Do you think she's going to be hypermobile like her mummy? I think that's what's going on there. Well, I think babies are just quite good contortionists, aren't they? They will get themselves into any sort of space they can. Because, let's be honest, there's not a lot of room in there anyway. No, it's quite tight. So she was just kind of all over the place and was not playing ball. We did everything. You put your bum up and wiggled. Mm -hmm. You went for a walk. Drank some cold water. Yeah, did everything. And Squidge was just not playing ball. We just had a couple of photos of her arms over her face. (laughs) Her face over her face and this weird kind of shadowy figure behind and we thought no this isn't right mm-hmm. so we came back uh, this time on the friday we had the scan on the saturday before and we came prepared though we did everything we could initially before the scan to make sure that squidge wouldn't be a little so and so like she was so miranda you went shopping didn't you yeah i had a bottle of lucasade i don't even like lucasade but i drank half a bottle of lucasade i had a bag of i know they're now called tangfastics but i was calling them tangtastics or are they called Tangtastics? They're called Tangfastics. They're, they're, they're called Tangfastics. Okay. But you call them Tangtastics. Someone else called them Tangtastics the other day as well. I think it's a conspiracy. I think it's a blip. 
It's in a the blip Matrix. in the Matrix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, they are called both things. It's just that I'm traveling through parallel universes, going back and forth, so it's getting confusing. Cool, fantastics. Whatever. Anyway. Anyway. You prepared yourself, and you went in there, and we had such high hopes for a little squidge. We're like, she's gonna be hyper. She's gonna be wriggling about. It's gonna be so easy to capture an image of her face. Unfortunately, not. So <laughs> not only does Squidge not like having her photo taken, but you have an anterior placenta, Wee. and Squidge was designed to use that as a pillow and bury her face in it, which is super cute, but so cute. not particularly helpful for forty scans. So we ended up with a couple of images and a couple of little video bits, mm-hmm. which were super cute because we actually saw Squidge's mouth open. Oh yeah, she yawned at one point with a shadowy little face. Oh. Couldn't really make out much. No, I feel like in it's terms like, of features on her face, it's like parental love, isn't it? Because we were watching it, like, oh, it's so adorable. But actually, I think it was probably quite scary because the placenta on the 4D scan becomes really like warped, and you can see like loads of fibers and stuff. So it kind of looks like if you've seen Lord of the Rings, this is the best description I can give. It kind of looks like a little baby orc that's like peeping through a bush. That is what Squidge looked like through the placenta. So she's beautiful. Yeah, oh, I kind of love her. She's so gorgeous. Oh, look at her little nose and those little lips. But ah, it's kind of scary at the same time. She has super cute little lips, though, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, she does. Little she's mouth. Very pouty. I actually want to clear something up because I was with a friend yesterday who is also pregnant. She's four weeks behind us. Um, and she said that her and her husband are a little bit apprehensive to have a 4D scan because they're worried about what they will see whilst the scan is happening before they land on the face so i think it was it was more the husband he was saying he sort of feels unsure about seeing the inside of his wife's like womb and everything that that entails so the cord and the placenta and all just the red pinky bits he doesn't want to see that he just wants to see baby so it's important to explain you don't see that in the 4d what they'll do is they will 2d 3d whatever it is they will small d (laughs) scan you like you would normally in black and white and then when they land upon a squidges a little person's face that they think is a clear image that's when they flick the 4d on so don't worry you're not seeing your wife or partner's insides for an extended period of time in ultra hd 4d that's not going to happen they do this weird thing where once they found what they think would be a clear picture because there's no way of knowing it'll be a clear picture because they don't actually scan the entire time in 4d they bring up this kind of guide thing that they then manoeuvre on the digital image to where the baby's face is. And there's a line across it, and the line is the point at which they're going to start scanning 4D. So if you imagine, Miranda's got an anterior placenta, so the gap between her anterior placenta and baby's face is really small. Mm. So they had to try and manoeuvre that line in that place and then hit the 4D button, which means that the 4D image starts scanning from there, and they haven't got this giant you know, placenta in front of it. So it's quite complicated. It is complicated. And at the same time, you're trying to negotiate around a baby that doesn't particularly want to have a 4D (laughs) scan. And we actually found out at the time that all these images that you see of people with these beautiful, clear 4D scans are actually people who have a higher level of amniotic fluid, which sometimes is fine. You know, people just have more space in there. However, it can be a sign of things not quite being right. Now, it's not normally a problem, so do not panic if you have yeah. an amazing 4D scan. Yeah, it might no. just be much better than little might, old Miranda over there. A more aesthetically pleasing womb and child. <laughs> but yeah, the people who have really clear photos generally are people with higher levels of amniotic fluid, which is more unusual than having, you know, our sonographer was saying that she actually finds more cases of it being difficult 
yeah, than it being yeah, easier. Yeah. Oh yeah, apparently it's really rare to get a baby and a placenta, etc., that just plays ball straight away. So if you walk into a 4D scan and you get lucky first time, then you really are very lucky. Most people will struggle, especially if you have an anterior placenta like I do. Just something to bear in mind. Also, I will say as well, if you're interested in, in having this at some point, that the later you leave it in your pregnancy, the harder it becomes because kind of like what Tristan said, firstly, baby gets bigger, so there's less space. Um, and then secondly, I didn't realize this, but over the period of your pregnancy, your amniotic fluid levels go down. I didn't know this, but that's a, that's, mm. yeah, I don't know why. It's a thing that happens. Anyone knows? Let us know. Um, but yeah, so there's less amniotic fluid, so there's less wriggle room. And like Tristan said, you need that little clear gap between baby and placenta to, in which to like capture this image. Um, so yeah, it, it just makes it slightly harder. So I feel like there's a golden window between maybe 24 and 28-ish weeks where it's it's the best time to go and have a 4D scan. But just do a little bit of research yourself. I'm sure you'll work it out. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Well, now on to the midwife appointment, which actually might well have been one of my favorite midwife appointments that uh, we have ever had. Basically, because, well, a lot of slightly funny and awkward things went down. It was in the hospital. Every midwife appointment that we've had thus far has been at home. But this one had to be in the hospital because I was having my bloods taken and because I was having my anti-D injection. And therein lies the hilarity of what went down during this appointment. Most people listening to this will have had some sort of an injection within the past 12 months, right? Yeah, yeah. Because COVID. (laughs) Because IVF as well. And that too. 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> Those needles with the COVID jab and IVF injections, flu jabs, all of that are nothing compared to the monster <laughs> that is the anti-D needle. Oh, it's so large. It is a big one. Oh my good. I, I honestly, I've never seen you actually have the anti-D injection before because last time we were pregnant, mm-hmm. I wasn't there for anything because yeah. COVID, right? So I was shocked. At the size of this bad boy. I was shocked at the size of this bad boy. What a great way to put it. Yeah, I made the real rookie error of turning around and looking at the needle, which was just so stupid. I, last time, had it in my arm, and it ends up giving you a really achy arm. And our midwife said, Miranda, if you're up for it, I really would recommend having it in the bum, because it's just a lot less painful. And I didn't take much convincing, you know, pessary queen over here. I realise now that your bum is a great tool in which to... Uh, transport things into your body. <laughs> it's very absorbent and it's a large muscle. It's not, I want to rephrase. It's not actually going into your bum. No, oh no, it's not going into my bum <laughs> no. hole. It's just <laughs> on my butt cheek. Yeah, so it's like yeah. your uh, your upper quadrant of your butt, isn't it? I just mean that basically, when you're sat down, the thing that's making contact with the chair in general is a great tool, a great transporter of most things into your system. No one sits on their arm, yeah. Yeah, there you go. See, sit on your butt instead. Inject into your butt. Oh, don't do that. I mean, only do that if if it's been like medically prescribed or recommended. It was recommended to us. So I then had to, do you know what? I kind of thought like I was going to be taken off into a room or something. But our midwife was basically like, right, Miranda, up you get. I'll just do it right here. I was like, right here, right now, with Tris sat in an armchair in the corner. She's like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. So I tentatively stood up and went, I haven't had a whack. I was like, I'm very hairy. She looked at me. She said, Miranda, I'm a midwife. What do you think I do day in, day out on a labour ward? I look at vaginas. I don't care if you're hairy. I was like, oh, but I am. It is rather hairy. Honestly, she laughed at me. So I then had to um, pull down, <laughs> to pull down my skirt. So I kind of exposed a butt cheek. I think I went for the right butt cheek. I was wearing a thong which was quite fortunate because it it allowed for easy access, obviously, into the buttock muscle. And it was at that point that I turned around and I clocked how big this needle was, which really was... If you put your... What's your pointing finger called? Index finger. Index finger. It was about the length of your index finger, I would say. But fat. Yeah. What I will say is if you do to have an anti-D injection, because it's only some some of us that have to have it because of our blood types, it was over very quickly. So yes, it was a big needle... But if you have it in your butt, it doesn't hurt as much, and it's it's done and dusted in a blink of an eye. I would I would recommend it. I wish I'd recorded your reaction to having it done because it was quite funny because <laughs> it was really quick. Yeah, right? it was it was as in midwife Sophie gets the needle out, Miranda stands up, drops trowel, needle goes in, yelps a little bit. I did. Do <laughs> You're like oh, <laughs> <laughs> needle goes in, injection goes in, needle comes out. Was probably all of about 15 seconds. If that, I do. I reckon it was, it was so probably, quick. Yeah, it was so speedy. So, yeah, I don't want to scaremonger. I don't want to terrify. But it was quite funny. <laughs> oh! Oh! And Trish was just there in the corner watching the whole thing. Not pleasant. And then yeah. you had to have your buds taken. Which was fine. That was a walk in the park oh, for comparison. I was, as a needle phobic sat in that room, it was almost like 
I don't know, like a, a torture experience. I know. I was the one that was being poked and prodded, and yeah, I was way more concerned about Tristan. <laughs> Tristan was really cute. He was like, I'm just going to do a little bit of work. So you got your phone out, and you started like pretending that you were doing things on social media when you were. And every now and then, I'd see you like look up above the phone and kind of watch and go, oh, no, too much. <laughs> look back onto the phone screen. You were so sweet. And then afterwards, when um, our midwife left the room, and like time had moved on, conversation had moved on. I'd forgotten the anti-D injection even happened. <laughs> We were just chatting about other things and Trish just very quietly goes, gosh, that was a very big needle, wasn't it? <laughs> Obviously still thinking about and processing what had just happened. It hadn't even happened to you. I just oh, hate needles. You're so cute though. I love that though. But you, you, you get like secondhand nerves. Properly, yeah. Yeah, you do, don't you? But it was just, you know what, the whole thing was just a bit, well, it wasn't a shambles. It was done brilliantly and our midwife is fantastic. But I think you and I just created a bit of a song and dance and a circus around what should have been a very simple procedure. Um, I want to Google Auntie D for you, but alas, my laptop's died. I feel like it would be a nice thing, potentially, to explain just in case you're wondering what on earth we're talking about. So I've just found a couple of explanations. The, the NHS website is just like... It's the NHS, and it feel, I feel like it should be more, like, dumbed down. More user-friendly. But it's not. It talks about anti-D afterbirth, which is what my mum had to have, because they can test the umbilical cord blood to test what the baby's blood type is. And if your rhesus is negative and your baby's rhesus is positive and you haven't had anti-D yet, you'll be offered anti-D within 72 hours of giving birth. So essentially, if you are negative and your baby is positive, you need anti-D. Why do you need that? Well... Because your body can develop an immune response to the baby's blood if it's mixed. Ah, uh, if it's a different blood. Exactly. Uh-huh. Now, all pregnant women with rhesus-negative blood, so you will have your blood tested during pregnancy, yeah. right? They will know your blood type. If you're rhesus-negative, you're advised to have anti-D whilst you're pregnant in case the baby has rhesus-positive blood. This will mean there's a mismatch between your rhesus status and your baby's rhesus status. Now, this is mainly because during pregnancy and birth, there are times when your baby's blood may mix with yours. This could happen as a result of a small bleed from the placenta, and bleeds can also happen during invasive diagnostic tests and a blow to your tummy. (gasps) Oh no, not squidge. I know. Even if there's no mixing of bloods during pregnancy, your blood and your baby's blood will almost certainly come into contact during birth. Ah. Without anti-D, your body will treat your baby's blood as a foreign invader. Your immune system will produce antibodies to destroy blood cells from your baby... The doctors call this sensitization. Oh. Antibodies can cause serious problems if a sensitized rhesus-negative woman becomes pregnant again with another rhesus-positive baby. So, for example, if your body develops the immune response to rhesus-positive, because you're rhesus-negative, right? Yeah. If rhesus-positive baby blood has been attacked by your body before, mm-hmm. if you get pregnant again, it can cause issues because it oh, can... attack the baby! Once antibodies have been made, sensitization means they'll be primed to attack the rhesus-positive baby's blood cells. <gasps> That's so interesting. So I'm guessing, does that mean that potentially early on in pregnancy, you, your body could attack the baby? Well, if antibodies cross the placenta and reach the baby's bloodstream, it can cause a serious condition called hemolytic disease in the newborn. <gasps> It can cause anemia and jaundice, and in severe cases, HND, which I'm going to call it, um, which is the hemolytic disease, can cause permanent brain damage and even cause the baby to be stillborn. Oh so my it's really important that if you are rhesus negative, you get that anti-D injection. And yes, the needle's big. Yes, it's unpleasant. <laughs> yes, it can go in your bum or your arm. But it's worth getting. There we go. Wow, well done you for digesting that. That was very scientific. I know. 
I think ask the question. If you're concerned, then absolutely just ask your midwife or your GP whether it's something that you should be having. And most people will have blood tests. You've already had some, haven't you, in pregnancy? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have it really early on, like eight weeks. That's where they identify what your blood type is. And then I think kind of between 25 and 32 weeks at some point, I think they give you the anti-D injection, which primes your body. So it means that your body will not develop that immune response to baby's blood. So our hospital, Winchester Hospital, which is Winchester Royal Hampshire Hampshire County County Foundation Trust or something. Whatever they call it. (laughs) And it's actually right next to Winchester University. And so whenever we go to our appointments, we always inevitably see all of the uni students, which has in itself become quite a fun little game to play because Miranda and I drive past and we try and work out who's a student and who isn't. Spot the student. And over the however many months we've been doing this for, we've realised something about students. And obviously right now it's kind of mid to end of September. We've just had Freshers' Week. So all of these 18-year-olds have rocked up at Winchester University and I'm going to be honest with you, they stick out like a sore thumb. They are so obviously not local winch people. <laughs> and it's also made us realise that we are old. Yeah. I mean, basically, it's kind of all boiled down to the fact that they dress in a very different way from us. They really do like the sort of baggy jean, baggy jumper, grungy 90s vibe look, which we thought was done and dusted, but apparently not. Like, I think about the jeans that I bought last week. Oh, yeah, you skinny jeans. I'm like, am I okay to wear those now? No. Well, you look old. Exactly. And I'm 23, Miranda. <laughs> I, yeah, you're a bit older than me. That's, yeah, you know. all right, 27. But am I 27 or 28? 27. 27. <laughs> Phew. <laughs> That's scary. <laughs> I thought I was young. I yes, mean- there, you use the phrase hip and happening. <laughs> What's going on with us? <laughs> We came out of our midwife appointment, this one that we just we were telling you about. And like Tristan said, so the uni accommodation is it's right next to our like our hospital. So to get to the car park, you have to walk past these flats. There were uni flat windows which had bottles of vodka stacked up on the windowsill. You know, like when you've been on a night out and you're like afterwards, you're collecting all the bottles that you drank and you're being really proud and you're like, oh, look how much we down, way freshers, lads, lads, lads. And then you like parade them about in your street. Well, you don't parade them about. It's not a festival. (laughs) (laughs) In the air. Yeah, everybody, we did it. There's a conga line around the kitchen. No, but you stack them up, don't you? You store them. It's like a badge of honor. Well, I didn't used to do this, but other people who were cooler than me, they used to do it. I was walking back from my midwife appointment, heavily pregnant, waddling a little bit with an anti-D injection that had just gone into my bum. So I was feeling slightly sore. And there was just like vodka bottles everywhere. I was like, this is a very strange mashup of different worlds that are coming together right now. But it makes you feel so old. So old. And it's the first time I think I can honestly say that I felt old. I still think of you as being so young though. Like 23, it's just, you're a baby. Yeah, I think that too. And then I see 18-year-olds wearing their bloody corduroy trousers or their combo, combat <laughs> trousers with pockets down the sides. They all have long hair as well, don't they? Yeah. I think the short back and sides thing is, like, dying out. You know your, like, Peaky Blinders haircut? They don't even know what Peaky Blinders is. They've never watched it, I reckon. I think I heard somewhere that the current freshers are all born in, like, 2003. <laughs> uh, what? I think I heard that. I don't know if I'm right or not. But... 2003. So, I... so that's nine years younger than me. 
And when did I graduate? I graduated. I I joined uni in 2012. Yeah, nine. Oh Christ, <laughs> that's awkward. Nearly a decade. I know. Oh my God, we're so old. I feel so unfashionable. I like walk through Winchester and I see them all, and they're and like, you're right. All the girls have like they're like quite a natural hair look. Yeah, no one, makeup. no one's curling or straightening anymore. In minimal makeup, they all wear kind of I don't know. I don't. I can't describe it, but. It, bucket hats and stuff and they all have i don't know and i just we're there with our like skinny jeans ripped skinny jeans and leggings i mean even mom jeans i would argue are too tight for the kind of the look the young students are going for and everyone's wearing crocs yeah they are you wanted a pair of crocs i do want a pair of crocs but i'm saying like these people are are everything that i learned as a 14 through to 21 year old in terms of fashion it's just been like out the window not just out the window but like the opposite if you imagine all of those things that we were associating our outfits with the kind of way we were putting ourselves together it's like they just flipped on its head i feel i mean i don't know about people who are older than me in their 30s perhaps or their 40s who are seeing these people but I am shooketh. Yeah, I know. Me too. I wonder if it's all happened during lockdown, so we've not been exposed to the gradual change. Oh, maybe that's it. So it's like a baptism of fire. It's like, like I'm everything. Like, who are these people? Yeah, they've just come out of the woodwork from nowhere because we've not been exposed to them yet. <gasps> like being exposed to the virus. We've been exposed to the new freshers and their fashion choices. <gasps> it's terrifying me slightly. Oh, I feel so old. I've got to stop wearing skinny jeans, though. Yeah, I, this is the thing. You say you want Crocs. What are you going to wear them with? Because you look absolutely stupid wearing Crocs and skinny jeans. <laughs> You're you'll be two generations mashed together and all the young students will look at you and be like oh he's trying to be cool but he's just got it so wrong and this is my problem okay so technically i am gen z oh yeah you are right aren't you? so 97 is like the the year where where you go from millennial to gen z or it's like 96 so i'm right on the cusp of that age yeah everyone is associating gen z's with these kind of baggy trouser weird fashion things that we're talking about now long hair i'm still part of the millennial fashion mentality and and style how interesting but i'm i'm being put into the same bracket as these weird i mean i don't think anyone's putting you in that bracket you're not in the bracket of the new fashionable people but 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 but, but, but (laughs) the point i'm making is that on paper i am i'm i am there and i feel like i don't belong there so i'm calling out everyone else who is born in 96 and 97 to stand with me and preach and protest and (laughs) take down the establishment that says that we are part of that weird group. Are you going to set up like a little picket? Go fund me for like a a, a protest and I'm going to put out a petitions thing. (laughs) Change.org. Change.org to change that I am a a Gen Z. I want to be a millennial because I, I feel more at home with you guys. My brother would because he's the same. He's he's the year after you. I think he's is he 1999. Yeah, he is because you're born in December and he's he's in the summer. So uh, he's also being plonked in this pile of Gen Z when really he dresses like a millennial. Oh, do you but think he's he- more in Gen Z than he is millennial. I am like, I am like on the edge. He tucks his shirt in. Yeah, see? Yeah, you don't do that. And- oh, Tris, you're so old. I know. Oh my God. Do you know what I think it is? I think it's because you were ahead of your time when you were younger. So you had much older sisters. Your sisters are like almost 10 years older than you. So you were like aspiring to be like them. They were the cool people that you were sort of trying to um, emulate. What's the word that I'm looking for? Imitate. Imitate. 
I wanted to say intimidate, but you weren't trying to intimidate anyone. Imitate. So their, you know, their boyfriends would come round in the skinny jeans and you'd be like, ah, that's cool. And you were, just because you're a couple of years older, you were more aware of it and therefore you've sort of absorbed it yourself. If I think though about when, when my older sister Charlotte, when she was in her late teens, she was like part of like skater groups and they were wearing baggy jeans. So maybe baggy jeans have been coming for you for a long time and you just keep missing them. But I think I was just... The baggy jeans came out of fashion between the two years between my sisters. Emily's age was like the start of the skinny jeans yes. era. And now I then carried on the skinny jeans era. And then it ended very abruptly after me. And now they're wearing baggy trousers again. Would you be up for buying some baggy trousers? No. I think you'd look the terrible. The problem I get, yes, because I have really skinny legs. <laughs> oh no, not like in that so way. So it looks like you've got a toilet roll tube with a toothpick <laughs> sticking out of it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I didn't mean like, I meant as in just because I'm so used to seeing you in skinny. You, you either wear skinny jeans, chinos or joggers. That is what you have. So it just looked very strange seeing you in something baggy. I think though, if I wore them, the Gen Zers would be like, hey, welcome to the group. But I think I would look at myself and think I look like a dad who's wearing skinny jeans. Yeah. He's trying to emulate young people. You know what they do? They wear socks with their Crocs. And that's socks and sandals. And we were, we were taught from birth that you don't do that. That was, that was like, uncool. Now it's cool. If your dad's on holiday wearing socks and sandals, you're like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. Now it's like, yeah, dad, chuck your socks on with them sandals, bro. Bro? Do they say bro? I don't know, probably. This is another thing. What do they say anymore? <laughs> no one says mate. Everything's man or, or I don't know. Do they say dude? Oh, oh God. God. <laughs> Maybe they do, though. Maybe they do. Yeah, well, we wouldn't know, would we? Because we're clearly not a part of it. How pathetic is that? I would love to know what our demographic of listeners... I feel like most people are going to be in the same boat as us. I'm going to put that out there. I don't think there's going to be that many Gen Zs that listen to this podcast. I think there are very few Gen Zs that yeah. listen to this podcast. Oh, well. Come on, guys. Strength in numbers. We've got this. Long live the skinny jean. Viva la revolution. <laughs> We'll get the petition out next week. On that note, I think that's it for today. If you like what you heard, the best way to support us is to leave a review, share with your friends, family, parents, guardians, Gen Z, unfashionable people, (laughs) whoever it may be. And don't forget to hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Yes, please do share it far and wide. That would be amazing. And don't forget, you can see our faces and our unfashionable outfit choices (laughs) on Instagram too. Miranda.Burns. Tristan.Hall and Test Tube Baby Pod. Pod. For podcasts. Oh, love you. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.